This is 3 and 5 on SLC Management Podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Peacher, president of SLC Management. Thanks for dialing into this episode of 3 and 5. Today, I'm joined by Peter Kramer. Peter's a senior managing director who leads our insurance asset management practice. And I wanted to talk to Peter today about the impact of interest rates and inflation on the PNC insurance companies that Peter and his team manage assets for. Peter, thanks for taking a few minutes today. Thanks for having me, Steve. It's great to be chatting with you. So let's, before we get into the perspective of PNC companies specifically, let's talk first about the big issue that everybody's talking about in the marketplace or one of the issues, which is inflation. What are your general thoughts on why it's such a problem now? You know, I think if anything, people have been saying that inflation has been too low, borderline deflation at times, which is concerning. So it's now kicked up. Why is it creating such of of an issue for investors? Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it, Steve. I think one of the the interesting elements is for the better part of the last two decades, we've been wanting inflation, not just here in the US, but I'd say globally. We've been combating inflation that had been consistently below target. And what I would say was, you know, in the early phases of the recovery from the, the lockdown periods we saw post-COVID-19, that inflation was was viewed relatively positively because again, it allowed us to, as we look back over the last two decades, have an inflation level that was at least approaching an average that was at or close to the targets that we were looking for for central banks. I like to call that the, the cute puppy dog phase of inflation. <laughs> the problem is we evolved that into the full-grown pit bull stage of inflation where the elements that were contributing to inflation really expanded dramatically. So I'd say previously it was more contained to a small subset of goods that were easily explained away by some of the supply chain issues we're having. You know, Think uh, microprocessors or semiconductors and lumber is kind of the key poster children there. And to the extent that we were seeing it flow through into wages, it was really contained to some of the, the lower wage segments, I'd say, were largely driven by the leisure and hospitality sector, where people are really hesitant to return to that full in-person interaction. And what we saw as we get into the latter part of 2021 and early 2022 in particular was that inflation really broadened out pretty dramatically. So we saw wage gains start to rise across the spectrum, and the amount of goods that were being impacted by inflation really rose dramatically as well. And then the other key factor is right when we were starting to see some resolution to supply chains, Russia invades Ukraine, and then the uh, energy and importantly, agricultural commodity space really are thrown into, into chaos. You know, Russia and Ukraine are both huge producers of wheat, but also of fertilizers that are key inputs into, into a lot of foodstuffs. And that really drove up the inflation over a, a broad swath of consumer goods. And I think the, the damaging element there is that now... The majority of the average consumers' consumption basket is growing faster than their wages. So we have negative real disposable income and have for the past four quarters here in the U.S. And that, I think, is the real concerning part is that now inflation has been shifted from something that was a modest positive because it was, again, allowing us to exceed historical averages to one that's now very damaging to consumer spending because we're eroding consumer spending power over time. So let's talk now to about the perspective from the property and casualty insurance companies who are clients of your teams. From the perspective of a PNC insurance company, how are high inflation, but also the higher interest rates that go along with that, what's the impact on their fixed income portfolios and on their business in general? Yeah, so in a lot of ways, this type of environment can be the perfect storm in a, in a negative sense for PNC insurance companies. And the reason for that is higher inflation pushes up the, the liability side of their equation. So if you were to take, for example, an auto insurer in our space, the cost of, of repairs and replacement for their insured automobiles is increasing rapidly, particularly in this environment, just given some of the, the shortages we've had in the, in the auto production space. So their costs are, are moving up dramatically at the same time that 
most of their portfolio, because again, typically the majority of these companies' portfolios is going to be invested in fixed income assets, is going to be losing value because as rates move higher, again, the, the value of those bonds is moving lower. So in a lot of ways, it can be a very negative scenario. The good news is that because most PNC insurance companies are able to use statutory accounting, meaning they're able to hold these bonds to maturity and not have to mark to market that volatility that we're seeing in actual prices for those bonds, the opportunity to avoid that mark to market, I think is a big one. And what it allows for is actually the, the positive side, which is that reinvestment yields are now at a point where they're quite attractive. So one of the the benchmarks we, we use to try and gauge the general reinvestment opportunities in the market is the yield on the Barclays Intermediate Aggregate Index. So for the better part of the last decade, that index has averaged about 2%. We're now just under 3.2% there. So for the first time in a while, we're in a position where the reinvestment opportunities are actually in excess of the yields of securities that are maturing in the portfolio. So for a long time, the, the overall book yield of PNC insurance companies has been eroded as the replacement yields have been lower than the yields that were coming off the portfolio. Now we're finally in a position again because yields have risen and spreads have widened where reinvestment opportunities are, are going to be higher than what's coming off the portfolio. So that's the silver lining for these companies is that they are able to now slowly see their investment income rise over time. It'll be a, a gradual process, but again, we're we think we've reached an inflection point in that decrease in book yield, and we should start to trend higher over time. When you think about the different sectors in the fixed income market that PNC insurers should be thinking about today, what comes to mind? So I think there's a, a couple areas that are really worth considering here. And I'd say the the backdrop for this is one where we do think we're heading into a, a more challenging environment for the U.S. economy, just because the, the Fed's very dramatic commitment to curtailing growth in the in the pursuit of lower inflation. In that type of environment, we think it's preferable to be looking for ways to move up in the, in the capital structure and up in ratings. So a couple of areas that we think really are worth evaluating now are in the structured products area. So we like AAA and AA rated asset backs and CMBS. We like the structural protection that, that those securities offer. So essentially, by having people lower in the capital stack that are available to absorb losses, you get the, the added protection against any potential losses that you would see in the underlying collateral pool, which for most of what we're investing in in the aspect space is going to be credit card receivables or auto loans. We also like CLO space. So in addition to having a significant subordination, so typically 30 to 35% at the AAA level, you also get the benefit of those assets being floating rate. So to the extent that we see short-term rates moving higher as the Fed is hiking rates, you get the, the added protection of that coupon resetting higher, which we think is a real key advantage in this environment. The other area that I think has really become more interesting recently is tax-exempt municipals. So for a long time, that space had really been one that, that wasn't economically viable for most insurance companies, just because post-tax reform, the tax-adjusted yield in the municipals was significantly lower than what you could find in the taxable space. Because municipals had had really a historically weak first quarter in 2022, those ratios have now become attractive again to the point where we think it's an area that's worth starting to consider increasing allocations to after having seen those allocations dwindle over the last four years. We also like the fundamentals in the municipal space. So if we are heading into an economic slowdown, municipals tend to be a space that performs a bit better. They are still coming off a tremendously strong period in terms of the surpluses they've been able to generate because of the huge tax windfalls they've seen with the increased economic activity, as well as just the dramatic increase in property values that affords them the opportunity to implement additional property tax if they need to increase revenue. So we like both the fundamentals and the relative value of that space as well. 
You know, I think your comments highlight the fact that for markets, you go through these long periods where the backdrop is fairly stable, and then all of a sudden you get a big change. And I think we're seeing that right now. We just had a huge change from an inflation standpoint. We've seen a huge move in rates. And I think that can be unsettling for a lot of investors. But it, it actually, I think your comments point out, it can also be a great opportunity too to look at sectors that may have been out of favor or to do things in a portfolio that you couldn't have done before. And I, you know, I know that's how you try to look at it for, for our clients. Let me end with a personal question. You know, we had a chance to have dinner recently. We're talking about a big upcoming trip you've got in Paris with your family soon. And that's, a, I know it's a big trip you're looking forward to. So I want to ask you, what are the one or two things that you're really looking forward to as part of that trip? France has always had a special place in my heart. Uh, when I was 10 years old, my folks had the opportunity to take a sabbatical and go live in the South of France for six months. So I had the opportunity to go to a small local school there. We had about 25 kids and spanning five grade levels in that school. It was really an incredible experience for, for both my brother and I to learn to speak the language. So I'm really excited about taking my daughter now, she just turned 11, over to, to Paris to be able to really immerse her in the French language. Um, she had, has been taking French since she was about three and a half. She did a French immersion school when she was younger. So seeing her really blossom and develop in terms of her language skills is something that I'm really excited about seeing. I also can't lie, I'm very excited about the, the food in France. I'm planning on gaining about 15 pounds in croissant and wine weight while I'm there. <laughs> So you've been working out in advance. That's, that's good. Exactly. Uh, pretty, pretty neat that your daughter has had that background and then we'll be, be able to make even more out of this trip. I mean, her language skills are just be incredible coming out of this. Well, listen, thanks, Peter, for those comments. They're very timely. And thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of 3 and 5. Thank you, Steve.